Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, and thank you for letting me into your eardrums. I'm Sarah Wendell. This is episode number 541 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books, and it is yet another fun and festive end-of-the-year episode. This week, I am connecting with Tara and AJ, and we are going to talk about books, wins, wishes, and a big old side trip into why the term quiet quitting is hot garbage, how to achieve contentment by being as mediocre as possible, and we talk a lot about AJ's new favorite genre, gay longing in spooky landscapes. It's a surprisingly fulsome list of books, too. This is a really fun episode, and I had a really great time recording and editing it. Editing. Editing. That's a really good word. Editing. Editing this episode. I'm leaving all of that in, by the way. And I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I have tried to say editing with the correct number of syllables. Hello and thank you to our Patreon community. Hey, folks. Thanks for making these episodes possible by, you know, being in them. Uh, if you would like to join the podcast Patreon, please have a look at patreon.com slash smartpitches. Monthly pledges start at $1. You get bonus episodes. There is an absolutely fantastic podcast discord that I love very much. And it would be wonderful to have you. If the show is valuable and has helped you out this year, you'd like to support it. That's the best way to do so. Patreon.com slash smartpitches. This episode is brought to you in part by LifeMD. LifeMD has created a better and more affordable way for people to speak to doctors without leaving their home. No long hold times on the phone or uncomfortable waiting rooms filled with people coughing or confusion on who to call for what problem. With LifeMD, you can video chat with a board-certified physician and get the care and prescriptions you need in as little as 15 minutes. Visit LifeMD.com slash Sarah today and see why LifeMD is America's most trusted leader in virtual healthcare. Whether it's a nasty cough that won't go away or a pink eye that refuses to exit without a prescription or that awkward feeling of knowing you have a UTI on a Saturday when the doctor's office is closed, finding care can be awkward and challenging. I've definitely had the experience of feeling very sick at a time when care was the least available and having the comfort and benefit of telehealth in my pocket ready to go would have been a wonderful help. Visit lifemd.com slash Sarah now or download their app and see why LifeMD is America's trusted telehealth leader. That's lifemd.com slash Sarah to experience healthcare the way it should be. This episode is brought to you in part by Next Evo Naturals. The holidays can be a beautiful, cozy time, but also pretty stressful from shopping to crowds to travel. There's a lot going on and it can really upset my sleep and my stress levels. 
Next Evo Naturals is a gift that can help take the stress out of the holiday season. If you've been thinking about trying CBD or you've been hearing a lot about the benefits of CBD, have a look at Next Evo Naturals. Next Evo Naturals are unique CBD gummies that were developed to be fast acting and effective. The Next Evo Naturals Stress CBD Complex gummies work to target the source of rising stress hormones like cortisol. Their 100% US hemp derived CBD has four times better absorption than standard CBD. Get smarter CBD from Next Evo Naturals and get 25% off subscription orders of $40 or more at nextevo.com slash podcast, promo code Sarah. That's N-E-X-T-E-V-O dot com slash podcast, promo code Sarah. This episode is brought to you by Paired, a relationship app for couples. It is getting darker earlier and earlier. And if you're thinking about staying in and having good conversations with your partner, the Paired app can make nights in a lot of fun. You and your partner download the app, pair together, and each day you get questions, quizzes, and games to play. They help you feel connected and can inspire some very funny conversations. I like Paired because it is simple and it is often hilarious. We receive a daily question to answer, but I can't see Adam's answer until I've responded. And sometimes our answers are hilariously different. Sometimes you take the quiz for yourself and you have to predict what the other person will say. Other questions include, what do you remember about the first time you met? Or which three words describe your partner best? Whether you are just a few dates in or have been together a long time, it's time to lighten the mood and have fun with your partner by using Paired. Head to Paired.com slash Sarah to get a seven-day free trial and 25% off if you sign up for a subscription. Just head to P-A-I-R-E-D.com slash Sarah to sign up today. Connect with your partner every day using Paired. A happier relationship starts here. This episode is brought to you in part by Athletic Greens. If you are looking for an all-in-one supplement to start your day and you would like one that tastes good, take a look at Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because it's easy. It has everything I need and want in a supplement. It's fast and it tastes good. And my stomach never gets upset, which is always a problem for me. Athletic Greens is lifestyle friendly. It's vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and contains less than a gram of sugar with no GMOs. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is a climate-neutral certified company. It is terrific for travel. The convenient travel packs are easy to bring along. They're very small. And if I'm changing time zones and I don't know when I'm going to be hungry... It's perfect. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Sarah. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Sarah to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It is time to talk about books and winds and gay longing in spooky landscapes. I love this genre title. On with the podcast. AJ, let's start with you. What are your holiday wishes for everyone? Oh, my holiday wishes are um, lots of books for whatever gifting holiday anyone is involved in and minimal to no family drama for anyone who is around their family. Yes. Um, <laughs> really wonderful. Enough sleep. I feel like we all need to just get enough sleep. Yes. Tara, what about you? What are your wishes for everyone for this holiday? Is it is it negative 26 degrees centigrade weather with a wind chill of minus 40? Is that your holiday wish? 
no why would i no why would i wish that yeah just come to my house friends come to my house. listen listen it is a balmy negative 16 degrees celsius at this exact moment in time in calgary i'm still not stepping outside i will um i will tell you uh, negative 16 degrees Celsius is a balmy three degrees, three whole degrees Fahrenheit. But it was negative yeah. 26 there earlier, right? Uh, yeah, let me, I have the page open. The low overnight was minus 11 Fahrenheit. No, thank you. That's, yeah, I'll pass on that. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. Uh, there are times when I will go snowboarding in Vermont and it's very, very cold, even though it's the end of February, early March. There are some times when like the high is, you know, the high is, is two and the low is negative 10. And I'm like, I'm not leaving the condo. I don't even plan on putting on like a bra. Yeah. No, absolutely not. I, I don't want to fall on that. It's just ice is going to hurt my butt. That's not fun. I, I used to work with a guy who would go, he would go um, overnight ice caving in this kind of weather. Oh, yeah. Boyfriend. And I was like, why? What? Why? And he was like, it's fun. And I was like, we, my friend, have wildly definite, different definitions of fun. Uh, no, I am in my basement. You people listening can't see, but you can see something flickering in the background. That is my fireplace. I have a heated blanket on my lap. Uh, this is perfection. <laughs> I have a I have a heating pad and a blanket. I completely understand, but also it's not negative twenty six here. No, no. Uh, in, okay, in terms of actual holiday wishes for people, so my wish is actually related to one of my uh, book recommendations because I did cheat and bring more than one. And my wish for people is rest, um, because it is through rest that we can have imagination, that we can dream, that we can problem solve, that we can be our best selves, and that we can recognize that we are more than what we produce. And if you are able to step away from work for a little while over the holidays, I hope everybody takes the time to reflect on that. So true. I could cry. I bet I know what book you're going to recommend. And you probably do because I told you to read it. <laughs> yes, it, it is my vacation book this year. That's really beautiful. And it's so true. It, it, it the, the grind culture that tells you you don't need rest, you don't need to pause, you must always be producing is so harmful on multiple levels. But it also serves as a distraction to keep you from noticing how unhappy you are. That's right. Yeah, it's so true. Mm -hmm. It also diminishes your worth as a person to what you can produce and makes us forget that we have worth even if we're not producing anything for capitalism. Yeah, absolutely. Not that that's true. a rant that I want to go on frequently. I yes, a thousand percent. If I if I had a lighter, I would be holding it. So let's talk about book or books that made you happy this year. Tara, do you want to go first on this one? Okay. So the book that made me happiest was it's uh, two parts. They absolutely do not stand alone. So I am recommending them together because even though you have to buy them separately. It is not enough for you to read the first book and the second book probably won't make a lot of sense without the first book. And it is Truth and Measure and Above All Things by Rosalind Sinclair. And anybody who pays attention to me online will not be surprised about this. And the reason it made me happy is that Truth and Measure was my favorite fanfic. And I loved it so, so, so much. It was, I counted it in my top five books. 
because I don't care if it wasn't published as original fiction. When you're reading something that's 300,000 words, that's a book that counts. It's fine. And that's actually three books. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Surely it counts. Um, And I probably read it two to three times a year for like the last four or five years. And I was super nervous when I heard that it was being uh, turned into original fiction, cracked into 100,000 words being pulled out. Um, What's going to happen? Like, if it's my favorite, is it still going to be good? And it's so good. I loved it so much. It made me so, so, so happy. So the real brief for people that don't know about this and haven't heard me banging on about it a bunch, because actually recently... Uh, just this week, we're recording this December 2nd, but earlier this week um, on my podcast, we released a deep dive into the fanfic versus the fiction. It was me and the author, Melena Mackay, going into the, because she's also a super fan. She started writing because of this fanfic, and she's a really popular author in the sapphic romance community. And I was like, hey, come talk to me about this. That's so cool. Um, I need to listen to that like immediately because I am also super into fanfic and read many 300 plus thousand words. So I'm like, Ooh, yeah, it was, it was so fun. It's the conversation I've been wanting to have since I first read this book in April. Um, It started out as a devil wears Prada fanfic. Uh, So uh, it is. So if you look at the original fiction, no longer the case, but there is an age gap there. It does sort of start as a boss employee situation. I know that's a no-go for a lot of people, but I think the way the author handled it was quite delicate and sensitive um, because I did wonder like, okay, Me Too happened between the fanfic coming out in 2013 and the original fiction coming out earlier this year. And I think uh, it skirts the line quite, quite nicely, but the idea is um jules is the ea to um vivian vivian runs this large you know very not the not vogue you know fashion magazine um vivian finds out she's pregnant she and her husband are splitting up they had one last hurrah oh shit um and so jules is like scheduling all her stuff coming with her for doctor's appointments because she's taking notes um and kind of along the way they each grow to care for each other And then what else happens? And it just, I love it so much. It makes me so happy. One of the things I love about these books, like the, or the book is that, um, a lot of books end right after the, I love you or the like, okay, we're together. Um, with this, you actually get to see more of the relationship and in a way that it doesn't feel like, okay, we're just writing more stuff like it's actually essential to their story you see them get to like a very good settled place that makes sense um and i don't know that i've seen passion written better than this author does it especially in this particular book and so like i used to sort of sneak the the thick link to people and they were like i don't know i don't really like devil Wars prada and i was like me neither i never got into the movie i never read the book but like, if you like age gaps, if you like workplace, that's kind of all that matters. And I've had so many people be like, fuck you. I just lost three days to this thing. And I was like, <laughs> mm, I'd be sorry, but you love it. And you know, you love it. So that's my fun uh, book that I wouldn't say that one changed my life, but it made me so, so happy. And honestly, it's my favorite book now. It's replaced what was my kind of ultimate favorite the one that did change my life 
and is related to my wishes is Rest is Resistance by Trisha Hersey. Trisha Hersey is the founder of the NAP Ministry. I can't even call it a nonfiction book, although that's what it is. I would actually call it a meditation mm-hmm. almost more than anything else. And it is a meditation on the fact that the fact that we can liberate ourselves through rest yeah. and that it is the horrific marriage of capitalism and white supremacy that works together to keep us all exhausted. Because when we are exhausted, we don't have time to consider the fact that we are all being exploited, that there are injustices that are happening. We don't have the energy to try to dismantle these systems of oppression because if we're not at our full-time job, we're working on our side hustle or perhaps our second side hustle and all these things. And instead, when you read it, there's a lot of repetition and that's on purpose, which again is why I say it's a meditation because mm-hmm. it says things like, you are, you are enough. Like when Trisha Hersey talks about it, I first heard, like, I've been following her for a while. So I saw her promoting it on Instagram, but um, I saw that she was on the We Can Do Hard Things podcast with Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach. Um, and the way she talks about it is she says, you know, capitalism can't have me. It is through le- rest that we are all going to have liberation because when we rest, when we close our eyes, we can solve problems. Things just kind of come to us. Things float to the surface. We have that kind of energy to um, tackle things that we've been trying to figure out. We might have revelations about ourselves that we wouldn't have had otherwise. And there has been something so powerful in taking some of these mantras for myself, saying things like, capitalism can't have me. I have to live within capitalism, but it can't necessarily have me Mm -hmm. that I am enough as I am. I am so much more than what I can produce. And I just think everybody should be reading it. And I am telling, especially I have been telling um, some of the women in my life, some of them are at work uh, who are in their early twenties. You need to read this book because that is the kind of message that I wish I would have received early in my career. Oh, yeah. Because Mm -hmm. in your early 20s, you're still also kind of figuring out who you are, right? And the message is, no, it's time to hustle. It's time to grind. It's time to. And so what I tend to say to them is, do it if you want to. If you feel like that hustle is fulfilling for some reason, you're doing something that is bringing you joy. I'm not going to tell you not to pursue joy. But don't do it just because people are telling you that that is the only path to success, because that is actually the path to being ground down to being burned out, to not getting to live to your own fullest self, whatever that actually looks like. So that's my that's my book for everyone. And to revise my wish, I wish that everybody takes the time to read this over the holidays and to spend some time thinking about uh, how they might want to reclaim some of their life and some of their space through rest. Because even just what I started doing is just 10 minutes at a time. Close my eyes put on some super, super chill music and let my mind wander and see what happens. And I have been shocked at how transformative even that's been. Yeah. The thing that makes that, that I think of first is, and, and I know you grew up with this because we're about about the same age, that you, your job has to be your identity. You have to find your purpose yes. and do what you are. Your identity has yes. to be your job and you must find your job in your identity. And I have to say, as someone who has made her job out of the thing she loves most in the world, I don't always recommend that. 
It is very hard to no. take a break from doing the thing that you love when the thing that you love is also your job. It's very hard. I actually think one of the most radical things I have chosen to do as a parent, um, because I have two kids, they're 11 and seven. I have never asked them what they want to be when they grow up. Because I didn't understand it when I was growing up, but something I came to realize more as an adult is I believe that question is actually violent because that question is asking kids to already start to plot out where are you going to fit in the capitalism machine? Mm -hmm. Why do they need to know that at this age? Oh, yeah. And instead, it's asking more like, what are you interested? What do you want to learn about? What my oldest? loves drawing and she said herself maybe i'll be a graphic designer um but we said what do you want to do she's like i want to do digital art so we got her a wacom tablet not because i'm trying to prepare her to be a graphic designer but because she wants to do digital art let's encourage that she'll find a path she'll figure it out most people figure out how to feed themselves at some point but why do we need to box kids oh yeah into why like so much of childhood is about preparing for them for where they're going to fit in capitalism. School systems, that's what they're for, really. We're trying to get kids used to social norms, show up on time, eat at a scheduled time, sit where you're told, do what you're told. Do repetitive we work all- without an immediate impact to your own well-being. Like homework yes. doesn't teach them anything. Homework is not there educationally is valuable. No pedagogical value of homework. I want to read you something that I got today. One of my Friday newsletters is mostly about um, exploring fashion and the absolute bizarro paparazzi photos and fashion photos and and photo service of celebrities. It's actually looking at these pictures and being like, what are those? What? So it's called I Love Mess. But this this arrived and I read this 15 minutes ago in a, in a moment of great, like great kismet. Um. The only other thing I wanted to say is that I feel like academic brain power is wasted on the young because I have chosen a profession that is essentially just committing to doing homework on a deadline forever. I think back in total awe about how prolifically studious I was as a high schooler and my ability to read and maintain multiple books and pump out 2000 word essays and design presentations in an afternoon. And for what? A fictional grade with no bearing on the real world? Of course, now when I desperately need that superhuman focus, it's nowhere to be found. I think we got the order of this thing wrong. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hell yes. As a person who also does a lot of homework for work, I second that. And I would love to, although I don't think I could pick back up my habits. Because uh, when I was in grad school, every single paper I wrote was written between the hours of 9pm and 7am. And I just I'm too old for that. I'm too tired. And I can't <laughs> was it the night before it was due? <laughs> I think sometimes like for the ones in the middle, but like at the end, it was nothing but papers because I did a, a master's that was all coursework. And so I would do it for two weeks in a row. Yeah. And then my term would be over and I would go to my parents' house and collapse in an illness for a week. Oh, man. Man. Yeah. I always did my papers in the hour to two hours before the class started. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know if I could do that again, but uh, my brain had so much so much more at the last minute like my brain my brain was really good at last minute stuff right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which then is so maladaptive because then you train your brain that the only way to like activate is under that pressure and yeah. panic and then you have to manufacture that panic in order to do anything yep and yeah that's tangentially related to what we're talking about but the discussion of like rest and capitalism not not being able to define you and all that stuff. It made me think of the best decision that I made for myself this year was I made a new year's resolution to be mediocre at my job. Oh, I love everything <laughs> about this. What an awesome <laughs> resolution. Well, I was, so I had just gotten a new job. I had gotten a promotion and I was absolutely just stressing myself out so badly being like, I need to be the best that I can be. Like I need to be the best person at this job. And and my mental health was suffering. I was having physical health problems. Like it was just, yeah, it was rough. It was a mess. And I sat myself down. I took a week off at the beginning of January and I sat myself down and I was like, what if I just was okay? And like, if I, if I did the bare minimum, what would that be? And I made a list and it was only like five things. And so every time I started to stress myself out, I would just be like, were you mediocre at your job today? Yes. Okay, good. And so you, you started quiet quitting. It was you. You started quiet quitting where you're just going to do your absolute, the absolute minimum of your job. It was you. It was you. Well, I actually hate the term. I hate the term quiet quitting. I completely hate it too. It is so, it is, it is so pejorative. It, Mm -hmm. it, but I, I think it was you, AJ. I applaud you. I, I am I am I am in awe of your influence. I don't know if you knew that what you did, but you really scared <laughs> a lot of people in, in in established media industries. Like they came up with a shitty name and everything. <laughs> Can I ask a follow up question? Yeah. Did anyone notice? The ironic thing is that no, because <laughs> <laughs> because mm-hmm. let's be I honest, a, a lot of people are out there giving it their like forty percent at their jobs. Um, but also, I ended up performing better when I wasn't so stressed out about performing well. What? Yes. I what? Wish- 
which I was like, first of all, what the hell? But second of all, then I ended up teaching a seminar for other people in my position about how to stop trying to do everything and calm the heck down and just try to be mediocre. I'm actually not surprised at all um, because I remember from reading Lazy Dance Does Not Exist, which, you know, we love at the Bitchery uh, by Dr. Devin Price, talks about how you actually need to, if you want to work better, you should work less. You shouldn't be trying to work 60, 80 hour weeks. Like as much as people, there are some people that I know praise Elon Musk for like the grind and the super hardcore mode and the, all that bullshit. And like, we're going to work 80 hours. You don't work a good 80 hours. Never. If you work a good 30 hours, you're actually probably going to produce more and better work than what you would do by giving all your life over. I have a program on my computer designed to track my time. It's called Rescue Time. And I tell it what is and isn't work. I use it because every Sunday I get a little summary of my prior week. And what you're supposed to use it for is, of course, you know, maximize your productivity. Don't waste time. Don't spend too much time on Twitter or whatever. But what I'm actually doing is if I go above 27 hours consistently, if I'm at 30, 35, 40 hours of of work, which most of what I do is uh, creative or administrative, if I go over 35, there has to be a really good reason. There has to be a really, really good reason I am busting my ass because I have worked so hard to streamline my workflows and to figure out the way to do things because me being miserable and me being stressed out and exhausted is not going to bring me more traffic to my website. No one's going to be like, wow, Sarah is in a puddle of tears in the shower because she's so tired. Definitely going to check out that site. Like that doesn't get me anything. It actually just harms me. There's no direct correlation. You know, if I'm about well, to go it harms on, the longevity of your business. It too. does harm the longevity of my business. And if I'm about to go away and I'm like pre-recording and pre-loading, that's fine. I'm about to take like two weeks off. But if I see that number consistently being too high, I know, all right, something is going on. I either need to um, address how I'm working or figure out how to cut back because I will burn out very quickly. Because again, thing that I love, also my job, my job I love, it's really easy to just do it all the time because I mean, I like it. I made it up. <laughs> but I, I have this productivity app tracking me so that I will work less. So I understand completely being like, yeah, what if, what if I didn't burn out? Well played. Somewhere a legacy media billionaire is like super freaking out about this whole giving a seminar thing and they're coming up with a pithy pejorative name for it. So just, you know, watch for that <laughs> in January. <laughs> I, I can't wait. <laughs> so it's not can't quiet quitting. Ignore, right? It's not quiet quitting. It's loud mediocrity. Yes. I still think it's just doing your job. <laughs> this is the part. Like, I got so, so, when it first started coming around and people were sending me the article, and I was like, fuck off. Fuck off with that. It, you, they're getting mad because people are doing their jobs and companies are showing their entire asses because they're showing that they did not appropriately plan their resourcing. And because if your resourcing is based on people working at 150%, you didn't resource. And if you are working have, on the assumption of invisible volunteer labor of other people that you're not compensating for, you have a budgetary problem. Yeah. And if absolutely. you're a person who is insisting that, oh, I'm going to give this 150% and that will like giving everything of myself will in some way 
justify my life because I have not separated myself from the idea that that that's the way to to be a good person, then you're going to burn yourself out. And Mm -hmm. there is so much I could be doing all the time. I could do probably three jobs worth of things in my job because I am one of two people in my company that do what I do. And the other person reports to me and is junior. Um, And I just believe in ruthless prioritization. Yes. What is the most important thing I can be doing right now? Because like, yes, I've been saying all these anti-capitalist things. I also recognize I work at a company. I work at a company because I like to eat food. I like my kids to eat food. I like us to all live in a house. I like that you have heat right now. I'm really glad that you have heat right now. It makes me feel relief. (laughs) Exactly. But like, I can still help my company be great at what it does while having boundaries with my time. If I make sure that what I'm working on is the most important and impactful and urgent thing that I could be working on right now, rather than trying to do everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the other thing. You try to do everything and you lose sight of what are the things that actually matter. And also Mm -hmm. if you're giving 150% to quote, uh, Tressie McMillan Cottom, the institution does not love you back. You're not paying, you're not, you're not not investing in some kind of goodwill that will be reciprocated. You're demonstrating that you will do 150% of the labor for 100% of the salary they're paying. You're demonstrating that they don't have to take care of you. Mm -hmm. They're not going to love you back because you put an extra 50% into your job. That's not what happens. No. Even if the people that you work with do. But the company, the job does not. The institution cannot love you back. AJ, what book blew your mind this year? Was it The Communist Manifesto? An Invitation (laughs) to Socialism? You know, I haven't actually read The Communist Manifesto. Maybe I should. But um... when we checked into an Airbnb in Portugal last winter, when we took our kids to Portugal, um, there was a copy in Chinese of some sort of communist tract. And we kept trying to read it. (laughs) It didn't work. Better than the Gideon Bible. That's all I can say about hey, that. Absolutely. I know. I was trying to think of like the two of them laying side by side in the bedside table. Opposites attract. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, if I was an Airbnb owner and I was going to spread my personal propaganda, the book that I would leave in a bedside table this year is Ocean's Echo by Everina Maxwell. I could not top that if I tried. A plus. <laughs> Same. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Perfect. Um, so yeah, this I read the this book. I think I've been yelling about it in Slack a little bit and I'm working on a review and all of that. But um I had to I have to cut the review severely because I wanted to quote like every single chapter and I had to okay, that's enough quotes. Let people read the book. Um it is my personal catnip of a sci-fi slow burn gay fake relationship romance. It just made me so so happy. So the the characters are one of them is a um like a receptive psychic so he can read people's minds. The other one is a projective psychic so he can control people's behavior and they're supposed to like bond their their brains to form like a a permanent mental psychic bond for the so that they can be better soldiers for the military and they decide to not do that and then hijinks ensue and 
the characters are so opposite, but they appreciate each other. There's not any fighting between the two of them. So one of them is like the the disaster aristocrat doesn't care about anything, and the other one is like, oh, I'm I'm a no, I'm a good soldier. I get a I got a good grade in soldier, which is normal <laughs> to want and possible to achieve. <laughs> and um, when they meet, they both are like, oh, you have all of these like strengths and that I appreciate and I wish I could be more like you. And they, they just really uh, work really well together. And as you can see, I'm just like almost non-verbally gushy about how much I love it. Cause it was so, it was so good. Just like, yeah, I had book hangover for like two weeks. I couldn't read anything else. It's great. That so is that one best kind of book hangover too. Like I can't read anything. I, oh, else. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I almost just went back to the beginning and read it again. Well, like, I mean, and why I still not? might. Why not? What's <laughs> stopping you? You don't. You don't get it. You're getting a good grade in rereading. Yes, which is also normal to want and possible to achieve. <laughs> That's going to be my number one for sure for the year, and um, I'm sure I definitely have another that I can mention because bring it. Um, yeah, so. In this spring, my internet went out at home. So I actually have a long list of books that I read because I was just like, all right, I got no internet. Let's go face down in the library catalog. Um, but but this one actually was recommended by a friend. Um, it's Summer Suns by Lee Mandelo, which is also gay and paranormal. It's it's like Southern Gothic paranormal and it launched this whole trend for me and and the friend that recommended it of like gay longing and spooky landscape as a genre. Ooh, gay longing in an ominous setting. Yes. So mm. we we came up with a whole list. It's like Summer Suns, which is contemporary um, and set in, gosh, I forget now. I want to say Virginia. But then there's like the Emily Tesh books, Silver in the Wood and Drowned Country and um, Spectred Isle by KJ Charles. So I realize this is a giant list, but like this is all of the gay longing and creepy trees books that we could come up with. And it, it's it been very fun to just be a little bit creeped out, but like in a super queer way. Are they pretty broody too? Yes. Extremely broody. Mm, wonderful. That sounds perfect. AJ, yeah. have you have you read Hither Page and The Missing Page by Kat Sebastian? You know, I haven't, but they got recommended on my Kindle page the other day. If they fall into that genre, I am in. They are um the the tagline and the tagline is Agatha Christie but make it queer. So it's sold. Post World War II, I think. A small town a doctor who has significant PTSD has moved into this very small town practice. There's a murder, you know, people die. There's creeping about at night. Everything is very dark. It's the, and for the missing page, it's cold. It's winter. So there's a very ominous, it's not paranormal, but there's an ominous sort of gloom and creepy vibe around it. It's also extremely cozy. But like Agatha Christie also did a really good blend of cozy and creeping the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. So this is yes. similar in that vein. Yes. And I, I am definitely on board for like cozy creepiness this time of year. Yep. Um, but yeah. And 
just to give a little bit more info on Summer Sons, it's um, the main character has a best friend who they were super codependent, somewhat gay, but, but very like in the closet who has died and he's going down to uh, figure out his like estate and then finds out that his friend was murdered and meets another guy who was like hanging out with his friend and they go on to investigate all of the shenanigans and, and creepy things around so, the situation. So, so many, so many people have just hit pause <laughs> when, when this episode airs, like just so many people will have paused right there. <laughs> good, good. Everyone needs to go read it and then they need to write more fan fiction for it. Cause there's only like 20 fix on AO3 and I've read them all. So <laughs> <laughs> this is all about, finding yourself more fanfic to read right honestly yes because i also want people to write more fanfiction for ocean's echo so i'm just saying i mean fair absolutely fair (laughs) all right so in addition aj in addition to deciding to be eminently mediocre at your job what was a big win for you in 2022 honestly i think the big win for me has just been settling into who I am. Um, actually, yep. Yep. Now that I say that the big win for me was coming out as non-binary at work. Nice. Well done. Well done. That was not mediocrity for the record. (laughs) No, no, that part I am not mediocre at. I am excellent at being (laughs) (laughs) non-binary. Good for you. I am so impressed. Way to go. You. It was uh, much less dramatic than I thought it would be. I was like, do I need to send out an email and like explain and do gender 101? And my HR person was like, do you want to? I was like, not really. He was like, then don't. People will figure it out. So true. Amazing. Yep. Well mm-hmm. done. Imagine what kind of panic and incredible revelations are coming next year. Between giving seminars on how not to work yourself into exhaustion and also being excellent at being non-binary. I mean, I expect pithy names any minute. Yes. I'm going to think of one. Okay. But it might take a little bit. That's fine. Tara, what's your big win for 2022? I'm kind of torn between podcast related and personal career related. I know personal career sounds really funny given my earlier anti-capitalist rant. Uh, <laughs> it's okay to when, like your job. I mean, it is Especially okay. when you hear my next words. I, I finally figured out what I want to be when I grow up. Ooh. And it's what I'm doing now. Yay! <laughs> um, yeah, it's so nice. As I feel like looking at my career trajectory, it's been very ser- serendipitous bouncing around. I was a copywriter for a long time. I did communications for um, a mental health research and policy nonprofit and learned I don't want to work for nonprofits. It's really, it takes a special kind of soul and that's not me. Um, And then when I came to where I am now, like I did product marketing for a few years, which is great. But I had the, because I say yes to everything. Well, I don't say yes to everything. That's not true. I stand by what I said about ruthless prioritization. But because I say yes to opportunities that sound interesting and I know will have an, uh, an impact on the business, I fell into um, competitive intelligence and I've been talking to other people that are doing it. I've been connected with some incredible people in the field and I realized this is, this is what I want to be doing because it's so fun. It's so interesting. I'm taking 
like intelligence courses with people from the RCMP. It's a little weird. It's like, oh, one of these things is not like the other and it's me. Um, but like getting to harness all the things that I'm that make me great, like my curiosity, my relationship building skills, my low-key pettiness <laughs> and liking to win. Um, and getting to turn it all into a job where I win by helping other people win. I do well by helping other people do well is so good. And it's so fulfilling and it's such a small field and there's so few people doing it that when I build it here as much as I can, and I feel like I'm done, I can go somewhere else and build it there. So that's been a really great one. And this has been an incredible year for the Queerly Recommended Podcast. Um, there, were, there were a couple of opportunities. One has already happened. One is about to happen. Um, and actually, it was at work uh, at their conference where I had the opportunity to interview Jonathan Van Ness um, on stage in front of like all of our clients and everyone responsible for my paycheck. And it went really, really well. And on stage, um, he said at one point, how are you so good at this? And I was <gasps> just so... I was so flustered that I told him the truth, Uh, (laughs) which um, also turned into something incredible because I said, oh, um, well, here's the thing. I've been on a public speaking journey because I used to have public speaking panic attacks like five or six years ago. And so to go from that to I'm interviewing a personal idol in front of all of these people, like that's a big, like that's a a really big narrative arc. Yeah. And I, and so I, I told him, look, I've been on this public speaking journey and I was nervous about this. And so the way I calmed myself down was by saying, I'm going to pretend that we're recording a super secret episode of my podcast. And he said, you should have just ripped the audio and put it on your podcast. And I said, okay, what? He's like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, just do it. Legal agreements in California are binding. And he held true to it. Because my company could not even post that conversation. It was not in the contract terms. But for whatever reason, during Pride Month, he looked at me and said, you can do this. And that was incredible. And then the next thing I'm so, I mean, you both probably know because I've been freaking out in the in the smurfages slack. Um, one of the great joys for me this year has been watching The Big Brunch, Dan Levy's next project post Shit's Creek. Because it's, it's like so he took everything good. he learned from the first two seasons of the Great Canadian Baking Show and was like, okay, what if we dial up the warmth, we add some swearing, um, it's, and it's just, it's all about kindness. There's no cruelty in this show. And I just loved it so, so, so much. And it's so And queer. I recommended it on the, it's so, so queer. Yeah, like a third, of, I think a third of the cast is queer. Um, and usually I wait until a season is out of a show before I would recommend it. But after three episodes, I was so... I was freaking out. I was so happy about it. I went ahead and recommended it. Posted a we 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 put clips um, of our podcast just to promote it on all of our socials. But I posted that one on Instagram and I tagged Dan Levy and the, the three queer chefs. And Chef Katie ended up in our DM saying, "Hey, I'm a total podcast junkie. I'd love to be on your show if you're interested." And I went, "Huh? <laughs> 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 really?" Thompson at the end of Sense and Sensibility with the when she sees and she does the like yeah. Don French makes fun of it and um the, the vicar of Dib- yeah. I basically did that and was like Christ. um and as I was emailing back and forth with Katie I said like we're still just so shocked because we were talking about how amazing it would be to talk to you, to have you or Jay on the show and Katie said I bet Jay would be down and so we're talking to both of them 
at the same time on Sunday. So that is a very, very, very big moment for, for us because just the way they represented on that show, like Katie representing non-binary people and Jay representing queer Chinese Canadians, like it's the Canadian part. I know. I know it's the Canadian part front and center. That was, I mean, okay. For me, that was part of it. Like I actually had pure joy when Dan Levy ordered a Caesar on the show because Americans do not understand. And those are delicious. Do you know how many Caesar jokes happened on my couch when that happened? I mean, that's how they advertise Caesars is they, you know, make a Caesar. It's how they do it. Yeah. There's so much letter Kenny going on. AJ, if you're not familiar, a a Caesar is a Bloody Mary with Clamato. Okay. I was wondering, because I have heard of a Caesar in many, many contexts. And I was like, but what is it? Okay. Well, I'll pass on that because I don't like Bloody Marys, but. Mm, Yeah. A lot of people will like to, they think it sounds like it's going to be gross because of the Clamato, but I promise it's delicious. It's also the spices they put in and stuff that makes it delicious. I would never drink Clamato on its own, but I would drink a Caesar. I'm surprised anyway, you're not having that's a Caesar my, right now. Uh, it is still the workday. I'm having a Slurpee. Thank you very much. Because, yes, I have a fireplace and a heated blanket and a frozen drink. Why not? I I think you're you making A-plus adulting. <laughs> <laughs> we contain multitudes. Thank you. Yes, exactly. And a Slurpee. And a Slurpee. <laughs> so that was your personal professional win and your podcast win. Those are both big ass wins. Not bad. That's amazing. It's been a pretty, it's been a pretty all right year. One yeah. of the things that I love is how much the, all of the interviews that I'm doing, people are, you know, wishing for peace and rest, but also so many of people's wins have been recognizing themselves and then being themselves more fully in some way, or just refusing to pretend to be not someone else like to drop masks and to stop, um, you know, hiding part, parts of themselves that they keep secret. It's really lovely. I'm glad everyone's just sort of showing up in the world and being themselves. It's going to be a lot better, I hope. <laughs> Agreed. I think that makes a big difference, even even beyond like the big things this year. Just looking back at 2022, I'm like, yeah, I was way more myself than I've ever felt comfortable being, even to the weird things like I started keeping uh, beer in the crisper in my fridge because if I put vegetables in there, I forget about them and then they go bad. Beer's not going to go bad. So the veggies go on the shelf and the beer goes in the crisper. There uh-huh. you go. Makes perfect sense. And and you're not going to have to worry about them falling off the shelf or rolling somewhere. They're in a, they're in a bin. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. To anyone listening, this is your official permission to do whatever shortcut makes your life work better, even if other people think that it's weird. Yes. I saw a documentary once about, um, oh, Zizek. I don't, I'm not totally sure how to pronounce his, is it like Slavoj Zizek? I'm so sorry to all the philosophy nerds. Um, but he would keep like clothes in the kitchen. He was like, why does it matter? Storage is storage. And there would be like, and here is my, here is my shirts on my kitchen shelf. And I was like, yeah, all right, man. I know, I know of a few people who, if they have a a, a habitual um, anxiety trigger, like, did I unplug the coffee maker? Did I unplug the hairdryer? Did I unplug my curling iron? If, if taking a picture of it isn't enough, just 
unplug it, put it in a bag and bring it with you. Then you can train your brain. Uh, no, it's right here. It's not plugged in. Exactly. Yeah. These are these are the things. Who cares? Everyone's brain is a little funky sometimes. You can work with it. <laughs> Thank uh-huh. you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate all of your time and how thoughtful you've been. This is so much fun. I cannot wait to edit this. Thank you. Thank you for having us. This was fun. Absolutely. This was, was super fun. Let's do it again in the mid-year, in the, in the new year and be like super mediocre at each other. Yes. I love this plan. I, I, mean, be, I will, I will message all of you and we will, we will, we will do another. Let's talk about things. Yes. Sounds great. Have a great weekend and uh, be excellently mediocre. Well, I say we, I'm not going to promise for you, Tara, but I will be excellently <laughs> mediocre this weekend. Awesome. I'm going to do it for everything but that one conversation where I'll be too excited to be purposefully anything. Yeah, just perfect. Just be a big ball of squee. It's fine. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for how like joyfully you've responded to the end of the year episodes. They are so much fun to put together and it's really fun to share them with you. I will have links to every book we talked about as well as all of the other things we mentioned, including Tara's podcast, Queerly Recommended, Heads Up, the episode with the big brunch is out and it is so good. I've already listened to it. It was exactly what I wanted to hear. It was so lovely. It will completely make your day. And I'll link to it in the show notes. Never fear. As always, I end with a bad joke. This joke comes from Martin by way of the podcast Discord jokes channel, which is like the greatest place on the earth. Martin, Tusen Tak. All right, are you ready for this joke? Here we go. Did you hear about the building that looks ordinary on most days? but at the full moon becomes a storage facility? Yeah, it's a warehouse. <laughs> okay, I have a lot of storage facilities near where I live, and now I'm going to think of them all as warehouses and wonder what they transform into at the full moon. <laughs> Thank you, Martin. On behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcasting Network. You can find outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.